Welcome to the She Who Wins podcast. I'm your host, Renee Bauer. I'm an attorney, entrepreneur, author, speaker, and investor. This is the place where we dive into all of the things that matter to you, and most importantly, uncover what's holding you back from realizing your dreams. Because she who moves forward fiercely is she who wins. What does it mean to be a feminist? It's a buzzword that often elicits an immediate reaction, good or bad. For some, it's a dirty word. For others, a badge of honor. And today, we are breaking it all down with our guest, Samantha Martin. Samantha is the founder of the Femish organization, an attorney, and mom of three. Her experience as a female attorney revealed how many people minimize their feminine expressions at work in order to be taken seriously. So she started researching and looking into what was happening, and that was how the Femish organization was brought to life. So we're going to get real uncomfortable and juicy as we talk about what is the modern feminist. Samantha, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing awesome. I Right before we hit record, I was just saying I'm so excited to have this conversation because it's such a good one. Um, and it's just, it's it's so good. Yeah, I'm so, <laughs> so excited to be here and chat about it. So I'm ready. I, I, yeah, and I have so many questions. And you're a lawyer, so you have experiences in, in that. And I want to ask you about that. But let's just start off with, like, what is a feminist? Because people have... People like immediately identify and they're like, hell yeah, I'm a feminist or like, oh, no, I'm not that. So yeah. like, let's talk about that. It's such a triggering word. It is a triggering word. And I have a, a theory as to why. Um, but a feminist is just somebody who wants like equal treatment, equal rights. And that doesn't necessarily mean everybody gets the same. Right. That's not what fair means. I have this conversation with my kids all the time. Fair doesn't mean everybody has the exact same thing. Fair means people get what they need in order to succeed, in order to be um, have a fair um, way in the game. You know, it's just, it's, that's what feminist means. And I, I think that there, it's a triggering word because people like to act like angry women are crazy. And if they're extreme or crazy, then you don't have to take them seriously. Uh, you know, like it's not a dirty word. And when you really talk to people and get down with it, and if you leave that word out, they usually tend to agree with everything you're saying. It's like that one, you know, it's like they can't be tied to that word. Um, but yeah, it's it's not man. I think that feminism helps everybody. It's, it helps men. It helps women. It helps every community, non-binary. Like it's just it's good for everybody. So, um, yeah, I think if people kind of get past that, the weird connotation of it being extreme. So let's let's back up then. You're a lawyer. Are you still practicing? Yeah, I take on a couple of clients here and there. I'm, I'm really focusing on Femish, but I'll still if someone hits me up, I won't say no. All right. So what has your experience been in that space? I mean, it's a male dominated space where I think we have been conditioned to like act like the guys, Mm -hmm. right. In order to be an effective lawyer. So we think, um, so like, what has your experience been with that? Yeah. My experience has been, um, not the norm because I had kids in law school studied for the bar with two toddlers, Um, so I kind of started out in this way of like almost all, I had to start out extra, extra proving myself. Um, and in a way where I wasn't willing to bend who I was, I was a new mom. I had separation anxiety from my kids. It was me (laughs) having that from them. Um, you know, so it's just, it it was, it made me start off from a point where I knew what I wanted, but it wasn't willing to do. Um, and kind of made me more sure of myself, which is why I think I fought back 
in a way that I'll explain. Um, the first job I took after I passed the bar, um, I was super excited about. It was part time, all um, like small firm, but all women. Um, and that was where um, my boss had told me to dress less feminine, to be taken more seriously at work. Um, she even specified that, you know, if I was meeting with a couple, the wife could be jealous that the husband was meeting with me and then not want to use me as an attorney. Um, and so a male attorney told her this, she thought it was great advice. She was passing it along. And I was like, no, so wait a second. I have to like go back there. So someone actually like another female attorney Mm -hmm. who's supposed to be like mentoring in the best way possible. Yeah. It was she doing that. Was she dressing in a way that that was, you know, I mean, yeah, so she I didn't notice it. Right. Because I, I didn't realize that's what she was doing. Um, but she said even down to like the earrings that she would choose to wear, like against, she told me that I should look like I'm leaving church and going to a bank and just for, not that it matters at all, but just for like the visual of it, I was wearing like a pencil skirt, a bodysuit under a blazer. I, I couldn't, I, I don't remember what earrings I was wearing, but it, 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 just, it just made me realize like, like, wow, that was my first kind of like, huh, this is interesting, you know, cause I can't really remember as much of that in law school, um, and it's even funny to even like the fact that the legal industry is male dominated when there are more women in law school and yet somehow they get weeded out, you know, and it's it's like the truth. You have this like internal um, struggle of like, I can't take take this anymore. But then you leave the game and then it leaves the game the same way. So it's a really it's really hard because even after that, then I started working for myself um, and I never planned on doing that long haul. It was really just while I have young kids so I can control my schedule and I always wanted to just work. I like people. I wanted to work with a team and work with other attorneys. And I really found that a lot of people wouldn't take my solo experience seriously. I had an interviewer actually like chuckle at my entrepreneurial spirit, like in the interview. Um, I've I've dealt with, I've been practicing for four years. So I'm still a new attorney, but I've dealt with so many in my small area of the world, condescending men that I was just like, oh my God. And even, even the ones who think that they're not, you know, and then like something happens, you're like, that came off really wrong. Even mentors that I've had through my, my bar association, not all of them. Some of you are great. They're not going to listen to this, but just in case, Um, but you know, I've had just the weirdest comments and it's just like, this is obnoxious. So it just, I'm a research nerd led me to a ton of research and because I don't want that for my kids. Like I have two girls and a boy. I don't want them dealing with any of this. I want them to be accepted in whatever form, whatever self they are. Um, I just want, I want better for them. So I'm trying. Wow. I'm like, I'm flabbergasted. I don't think I've ever used that word in, a, in like out loud, but I am like totally just shocked that that went to, I mean, if we think about it, like I think back in the day before I was even practicing, like women had to wear skirts to court and they couldn't wear pants. And, and I feel like that's a shift. What, what area of law do you practice in? I'm wondering if that like has, I do estate planning and small business. So I really don't go to court. Um, but I've noticed it because after I started, you know, especially researching, I started talking to other professional women, uh, whether it's women in the legal industry, women in STEM, and they all had the same experiences, you know, and there are people who, who applaud it, right? You know, like there's, there's, I saw um, a TikTok who, like that just, I mean, so many views on it. And there was this woman talking about how, what she does at work to be taken seriously and how she dresses and she doesn't smile. She doesn't say thank you. And her mannerisms and people are like, hell yeah, you like, you need to run the world, all this stuff. And it's, it works. Like it's, it's so something that women do and it works, but we shouldn't have to do that. You know, there's a difference between being that way 
you know, like everybody has their different balance of masculine, feminine traits, whatever, but to adjust yourself to meet the masculine energy defaults in your profession is just letting them win. Then you're like almost admitting like, yes, masculinity needs to be here in order for business to be taken seriously and grow and all that stuff. And it's just like, so it's a, it's a game we have to like break down. This message is for the dreamers, doers, and goal getters out there. The She Who Wins Summit, a live event experience, is coming to Connecticut on April 28th and 29th, 2023. It's time to supercharge your soul so you can show up even more powerfully in your life, in your relationships, and in your business and career. Learn more at shewhowins.com. I, you know, my own personal experience when I first started practicing, you know, you're the young lawyer and people think you're young and you're treated accordingly. And I tried really hard to dress like super conservative. Um, And then once I sort of fell into my own role, then I dressed however the hell I pleased. But Mm. what I found really interesting as when I started my own practice and then I could, I didn't have anyone telling me I needed to dress different, you know, but once I started to actually like embrace the my style like I love fashion I Mm -hmm. love like I love playing with fashion I wear big hoops like I wear that to court I wear color I wear hot boots like I do all of that stuff but that's when I started to realize that like you actually stand out and then Mm -hmm. the clients come to you because of that because you don't look like everyone else and I could use that to my advantage and market the firm as to who we are Mm -hmm. And it's not just, we don't have to just wear like a black or navy blue pantsuit. Um, Absolutely. So it's so interesting that that mentality still exists in the workplace, that people still think that they have to do that. Well, and I don't know if you've seen, um, what is her name? Is it Heather Martinez? Is that her name? The like, um, they're calling her like the real Elwood. She's an attorney. She's an immigration attorney and she wears straight up pink suits and her whole firm is women and they all wear pink suits. And she'll like talk about like she and she, according to her, she does like phenomenal, but she still gets obviously pushback because she's like, people call her the Barbie attorney, you know? So it's almost like if if people view you as like balanced, it's it, it's a policing thing, right? Like it, you have to stay in order for society, they, they created this like box of like how feminine you can be in in what ways you know like I like I always love to give the example of like if people were sitting in a room waiting for their financial advisor and someone like Paris Hilton walked in like would they take her seriously and trust what she was saying you know there's this level of like when you start getting more and more but there should be no level it should just be however you want to dress and I think to your point when you are being yourself and you're expressing yourself like I was a fashion major I was a fashion major changed my mind went to law school when you're doing that, you're just a better version of yourself and you you do everything better in your life, including your job. You know, that's a hundred percent why I loved working for myself because I was more casual, um, the way I dressed, the way I talked to my clients. And I definitely think they appreciated that instead of feeling like they're talking to a stuffy attorney and having to be so, you know, conservative and traditional. And I, I think people are moving past that idea. I think so too. Yeah. So what what is the so you have the Femish organization you started? Can you just explain what it is and what the mission is behind it? Yes. So the whole goal is gender equality. Um, it just talks about this missing piece in the conversation that is not talked about enough, and it's something that you don't even realize is there until you see it. Like what's the saying? Like if a fish doesn't realize they're in water until and then like, but it's everywhere, you know. Um, and so it's, it talks about how society devalues femininity 
and how much um, it's gender police, meaning like I was saying, you know, it's society expects women to be a certain level of feminine. They you should wear makeup, but don't wear too much makeup. You know, if you like too much makeup, then you're, you're, you're going to get like made fun of or comments or anti-feminist even um, the way you dress. You know, don't be like super covered up, but don't be showing a bunch of skin. It's just like all these rules. And there's so many more rules around femininity. Um, and I mean that because masculinity, it tends to be like the neutral and the defaults, you know, like when women who like masculine things, nobody bats an eye. I think I, I actually, I just created a post that said something like, you know, when you're watching TV and movies, when men do something feminine or, and like enjoy it, they're like, Oh, oh, oh I got to go like drive my truck or do something masculine to like compensate for it. You don't see women doing that, you know, whether they're playing football or whatever stereotypical masculine thing you want to put, they don't feel the need to then that have to go balance themselves and fem up, you know, and it's because masculinity has been the default and is like more accepted for anybody. And femininity is not right. If you're a feminine man, you're assumed to be gay. Even if you're feminine, in the sense of just being a nurturing father and parent, some people push back against that or some men kind of hold back against it because that's the woman's role. There's still so much of that, whether it's internalized and it doesn't have to be the extreme that people are thinking. There's still, you know, men who view themselves as progressive and still let their wives take care of everything, whether they're working or not. You know, it's just, there's still this imbalance. Um, and it's so prevalent in heterosexual relationships too. But then even from the other perspective, like one of our board members is a femme lesbian and it, it's, she's a, re, a sociologist, researcher, PhD. Um, and that was her whole perspective is she even questioned her own sexuality because she enjoyed feminine things, you know? And it's like, if, if you dress like that, you must want a man's attention. And that's just a whole other myth that femininity exists for male consumption when really like the patriarchy did not invent femininity, right? It's just, it's just a form of expression um, that they've kind of marketed and tried to control. Um, but it's just something that people enjoy. And I think there's been such a pushback of it. You know, even what I love most about it too, is it's, it's caused me to set like self-reflect. And I remember when I had my first daughter, like taking her for shoes when she's a toddler, right. Just being able to start being like, oh, I want this or pointing and like talking and stuff. And I really wanted her to get these Converse. They were so cute. And I was like, oh, like, oh, look at these shoes. Aren't they cool? Like, don't you want these shoes? And she wanted the sparkly ones that lit up because why wouldn't you? Right. Like, yeah. who would, like, of course. And I was like, oh, she wants those. And I got them for her. But I remember being like, oh, don't aren't these cool? Or like trying to steer her away from that, you know? So this is internalized, which is femophobia, just like this fear of feminine things because of the connotations with it, because feminine things are are a little girly or it's like you're then you're are giving into like the patriarchy just all these things that are revolve around it and it ties to how women are treated and how men don't seek help for their mental health um or how their sexuality is viewed how they feel about that um and i mean research has shown when you feel that disconnect when you're not able to express yourself and explore your interests there it does affect you mentally you're not you're not yourself so this is something that we're trying to talk about is femininity across the board. It doesn't matter who's expressing it. It's just how, how we view it as a society, um, how we use it, how we treat it, um, and how we devalue it. And I, I think it's like the last big building block for gender equality is if we can start valuing femininity again and not looking at it like something that's anti-feminist or um, weak or you know all this stereotypical stuff that the patriarchy has told us it is, um, then we'll be in a better place. I think it'll like literally make a better world so in all of your research, did you find some link to women actually expressing their femininity actually promotes success? 
compared to trying to hinder it? Or is it Um, opposite? No. Yeah. I mean, there's still so much research to go over. Like I said, there's over 30 years of research, but so much of it just shows the bias related to femininity and then inherently women because women are just assumed to be feminine centered. I'll even like, I think a great example is as people, um, and I'll, I'll give the example of like, oh, the women I know who are in the beauty industry where their job is makeup artist, hairstylist, um, you know, that's inherently feminine. They're around people doing feminine things. And while I will say that, um, actually, um, there was a hairstylist who said that she was encouraged to dress more feminine when she's kind of like, like lean more casual masculine in her style. The industry as a whole is treated very differently. You know, like, especially the women I know, people still talk about their job like it's a side gig. It's, it's, it's kind of crazy. People who have been to New York Fashion Week who do commercial shoots and people like, oh, are you still doing that? Or like, oh, like they, they think it's just something that they could do too. And this person just happens to be making money off of it. So it's very interesting that like maybe, so in that case, maybe dressing or femming up helps them in the sense of like it's promoting what they do. But it's the industry as a whole is still looked at very differently. You know, like it's like you did that because you didn't go to college or you did that for, you know, it's just there's still so many biases tied to femininity. It's, it's really crazy. It's, it's, the research is bananas. So there was something that I came across yesterday on social media, which I don't know if you've seen this or not, but I'll share it with you, is that Rebel Wilson, the actress, yeah, recently had, a, she didn't give birth. She had, I think it was a surrogate. So she has an infant. And she went and attended Leonardo DiCaprio's party that he was having and left the baby home, well cared for, not neglected. And there was so much criticism. And I went down the rabbit hole of reading the comments of like the, I mean, and it just, it reminded me of the conversation we're having now because there was so much from a lot of women. Telling her, judging her because God forbid three weeks after there's an infant in the house that she do something that, you know, required her to step out of the house. Yeah. And it made me think like, if it was like, what about her? I don't know if, I don't know her situation in terms of whether she has a partner or not, but if it was a guy, if it was a a same, would he be getting that same level of criticism? I think probably not. He'd be getting the criticism if he did the opposite, right? That that makes me think of Pete Buttigieg when he was on paternity leave and everyone's like, get back to work. And it's like, we just brought a baby home into our house. You know, it's like men get the opposite. Um, But no, I mean, that's what I mean. It's, there's such a, there's such a policing of not only gender expression, but then the gender roles that are tied to that. And it's just, it's insane and and femininity and therefore women just get it the worst. And and that's like, not like it doesn't, um, affect men too. Like I said, it does. It, it affects them when they lean more towards the feminine side. Then they're like, people are like, what are you doing? Like get back. Even the fact that and I think, you know, my husband gets like a week for paternity leave. Like he uses PTO for the rest, but it's like, even just that, like our, our society is so imbalanced to lean to the masculine, right? Women should work like they don't have kids and they're working a job that was created for men by men in the society that value the things men that should be running everything. It's just, there's, there needs to be such a uh, overhaul of how everything works. <laughs> I mean, and and let's be honest, since most of my viewers or listeners are women, but w- women are more efficient. Like women get shit done in, yeah. in half the amount of time. So you give a woman a job to do, she doesn't necessarily need to be sitting in the office to do it and she can still get shit done. Yes. Uh, you know, and it's just, it amazes me that the workplace has not 
adapted to that. Yes. I was just talking about this last night, actually, because I was reading a study because I kind of started backwards, right? I found all this research about how our society today treats femininity across the board and how it affects mental health and men and how we use it as jokes and to, and to mock men and all this stuff. Um, and I'm kind of working backwards now because like in my mind, like who decided what's feminine and what's masculine, right? So I'm like, I'm going through that and it's really, it's all BS made up. It's all made up. And the, the early study I found so far was from like 1935. So 1935, we have known about like this ruse for this long and like nobody cares or wants to talk about it. Um, and this woman, Margaret Mead, like looked at three different cultures and compared them to the Western culture, which is men are masculine, women are feminine, and found very different things depending on where people were. There was a society that was all, everybody had more feminine qualities. There's one that everybody had more masculine qualities. There's one where it was flipped and the women were doing the more masculine work and the men were doing the more feminine work. And it's just all the research, the early research shows that this is literally like it's based off of how you're raised, what culture you're in, what are the people around you, who are your like models for who you're supposed to like act like your parents or teachers all that stuff, it's so created and made up. And so that, then this is why I was talking about is because in today's society, women are expected to work, do well at their job, come home, take care of kids, take care of a house, you know, delegate to their husband or their, or their partner who have like what they should be helping out with. And we've taken on so much that it's like we, <laughs> society has turned us into someone who can take on anything, but we're so efficient. I 100% agree with getting everything done. We're more logical. We're the ones who are making decisions, like spending the money in the household, even though there's kind of a disconnect and something else I would love to work on, even as an attorney of just having more women have financial education, especially stay-at-home moms, which is a whole other thing, you know, like say being a stay-at-home mom is that anti-feminist, but feminism is all about choice. But that power there, you know, like, like even, I mean, even that is a good example of the sense that like a lot of women will say like, but you need to work in order to have money because money gives you the power to like make decisions like a man. And they're not, it's so not wrong, but like women shouldn't, you should be able to make whatever choice you should. That's how society should be free to make any choice you want without any consequences like that. But yeah, we've society has, has forced us into this position of being able to take on anything, like anything. <laughs> it's, it's, um, it's interesting because I recently, um, created a social media post and it was about financial education for women. And it was like the five things that women need to be involved with, whether it's, you know, having their own credit card with their, not just like, uh, someone who can use their spouses, but like actually their own credit yes. being, you know, make sure, you know, what's in your tax returns, like some basic stuff. Yes. And there was so much, so much feedback and comments from a lot of men who were like, oh, you're giving advice to set these women up to take us for everything we have. I'm like, no, it's education. Why wouldn't? Why wouldn't you want your partner to be as fully informed as you are and the two of you to equally be part of these conversations? And the the people who were triggered were the ones who like took it as a, you know, a slight, well, then you just don't get married because this is what's going to happen and she's going to take everything. I'm like, that's not what this is about, but you can still see so much of that mentality is no, a woman. Yeah has that control or has the power, has the education, then it means that she's out to get something or take right. something. And that's but the not man's all not, right. Like yeah. the, the man could be in control and empowered here, but he's not out to get something where I know so many stay at home moms who do feel like they're in a situation where they're controlled because they don't have access to their money or they don't even know about it. They don't know what their tax returns are. 
Um, and then uh, there's so many situations I'm sure, you know, especially with what you do that women feel stuck. Then what do they do? There's, you know, and the idea that education would make a woman want to leave. I mean, that's a whole other than something else is going on. <laughs> like, right. That's all it takes. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's crazy. So, all right. Where did, where did Femish come from? Cause you have a clothing line that's part of this organization yes, as well too. Merch. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I wanted to be, cause it's all about visibility, right? Like it's, if women are, and people, again, in general, I know where this is like a, for the uh, She Wins Summit, but it, for anybody, if, if, if you're comfortable expressing femininity in an outward way in public, you know, the whole visibility of it, just it slowly like changes people's assumptions and their brains and their behaviors and their choices. Um, so the whole idea behind Fem, which is kind of like one, like to get people talking about it, um, merch wise. And also just to, to wear it outside, because if, if we're all if we all have levels of masculinity and femininity, but we're willing to focus on the feminine side in so much that like that's the main part of a shirt, then we're getting somewhere, you know. Um, and again, just fashion major. I just I love the idea. I'm a sweatshirt like I hoarder. I have a million sweatshirts. I love clothes. Um, so that part is really fun for me, too. But it's really like the visibility aspect of it. Um but yeah, I just I saw this need of this of especially after I, the first person I connected with was Dr. Rhea Ashley Hoskin, and again, this is her whole area of expertise of her research. And she was like, literally, nobody's talking about this. There's no. She was been like looking for an organization to work with and kind of help out, and there's no other organization that is talking about this issue. You know, there, from this perspective, on as femininity, the way it's devalued. Um, and that's that like shows like that, that this just needs to be the next wave of feminism, like 100 percent. It just we need we need to get there. Um, but, yeah, I just I quit my job and I started focusing on it. Um, and one of the first things I noticed was a major improvement in my mental health of one, just doing something that you're passionate about um, and feeling like you have like almost like there's hope in, in an issue, you know, like you have this problem, you experience it and feeling like there is something you could do about it or information you could share about it is just like empowering and motivating in itself. And then you meet all these people and everybody has a story, whether it's they weren't wearing makeup to work and somebody made a comment to them or they were wearing too much, like all these different, different things, which is what I love about Femish. There's so many different applications and how we raise our kids and how it affects men, how it affects the LGBTQ plus community, how it affects women and, and, and even different aspects of lives there. Um, so I love it. There's, there's never nothing to do. There's always different avenues to go down. There's always organizations to pair with and say like their mission aligns with ours. And like our issue is what causes their issue that they're trying to fix. And, um, it's been, it's been so much, so much fun, frustrating at the same time, but fun in the sense of like, let's do something about this. Let's talk about it. Yeah. So you are, you're one of our panelists at the yeah. She Who Wins Summit, and you're going to mm-hmm. have a booth there with all of your merch, yes. uh, which I'm super excited about too. What, what else is up for the Femish organization? What's on tap for 2023? Oh my goodness. Well, I'm having a meeting next month with um, another, again, another avenue I didn't like know I was going to go down, but like, this is what I love about this. Like the, the, the organization just brings me places and I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Um, there's a really, um, well-respected, um, business locally that does, uh, art therapy for kids and just something I've really been paying attention to. Again, I have two girls and a boy, um, on raising kids and how people genderize them and kind of push them into gender stereotypes and keep them away from certain things and all this stuff. Um, and I've been raising, especially like my last, my, my son is two and a half and I've 
I think he's the kid that has been raised the most in a very, in an actual gender neutral way in the sense of like, we have a bunch of girl stuff, I'm using quotes, girl stuff from presents that they have and in all this stuff. And um, people buy him boy stuff, again, using quotes. And so he has, he's really the, for the kid that I have that has the most access to different things. And he loves them all. And I let him do whatever he wants. You know, like he's two and a half. He wants to twirl in the dress. We're going to twirl in the dress. If I'm, his sisters want me to paint their nails and he wants me to paint their nails, I'm going to paint his nails. Like it's the idea that tells a child that they can't do something because of they have a certain body part. It's just, it's just, you know, it's just interesting to me. So we're going to do an event talking about, you know, genderizing your kids, um, what that can lead to later on. You know, there's a study about how kids, especially by the time they're even in middle school, um, if they feel disconnected from the their assumed gender based on what they look like, what they present as, there's uh, it already starts affecting their mental health. Um, and that is just as somebody who has dealt with mental health issues, that is like. Number one with my kids, I just want to make sure that I'm doing everything in my power to support who they are. And I want them to be happy. And no matter what that means ever, I don't want them to ever feel like they would have to come out to me. I literally want it just to be like they are living their lives. There's no need to have some conversation with me. You're accepted. It doesn't matter what you do. Um, so I'm really excited about that because, again, not something I thought we were going to go down. I was focusing more on college students, which we still are. And I'll go into that. Um, but I'm excited about it as a parent because it's just it's just fun to see your kids actually be able to explore their interests. Yeah. Um, but I'm really excited about, we're going to start doing a Femish book club and I haven't fully decided if it's going to be like focused on college students. I might do something where it's online so everybody can access it, but there's so many good books, so much good information. Um, even like Liz Plank for the love of men. There's just, there's such, um, I just finished reading. It's a really small book. Um, Wolfpack. Oh, I love that one. Yes. And so it's so simple and so powerful. And there's so many good things. Um, and I have, you know, some college interns. And and so we might do like a Femish book club where, you know, again, you just have a list of books, sign up and you can read through them. I would love for it to be like an in-person thing on campuses. I think like college students are so, they're so important to get involved. You know, like I feel like if we can get to them and be like, you can dress how you want and, and all this stuff and be accepted at your job, even though the younger generation is just so like, I'm a millennial. I just feel like the younger, the younger it goes, it's just like, they're fantastic at this stuff. Um, but they're the next employees and the next employers and the next people in society to like start, you know, actually participating in society. So I feel like this opening their eyes to this is just, we'll just help it ripple out even faster. Um, I want to do Femish college campus clubs, uh, which is something we're currently working on. And just, I think it would be awesome to get again, college students involved in an organization. So they learn leadership skills and all the things that go into running a nonprofit, not just to maybe even encourage them to go help one out. Um, but to learn how to community organize on campus and stuff. Um, but one thing I'm really excited about is spring of 2023, we're going to start offering um, research awards um, for PhD candidates, master students and early career. Um, as long as the research like is related to femininity in some way, um, they're going to be able to submit their work and we'll have a panel of like five um, professionals reviewing it. And then ideally, we'd have like a annual conference once a year celebrating everything. Um, again, I'm a research nerd. I love, love, love reading research. So this is something that's really exciting to me too, even though I feel like I'm playing catch up, you know, all the people I'm working with have been doing this for like ever. And it's like their area of expertise. And I'm like, give me everything you wrote. I need to like learn, know what you know, but such good stuff. And again, I love how it's different avenues of the, our lives and our, and the world. It's I love, um, I can just feel your passion for this. 
just through the mic. I mean, clearly you have so many things going. And, you know, I have a book in 2023 that would be perfect for your book club. I love it. <laughs> so um, I love all of the work that you're doing. Uh, I think I, I think it's amazing. You know, I'd love to I ask you, how can I help you? You know, we can talk offline on that. Mm-hmm. But I really do. I love the mission. I love all of it. I love that you're a lawyer. I love that you quit your job. I love I love the fashion you for, you know, if you're listening, she is pink on pink on pink. Um, I love all of it. So Thanks. Samantha, one final question for yeah. you is and you can you can answer this in the frame of the work that you do. But what okay. does winning mean to you? I think. Winning is having the life that you want in in any sense. You know, like winning for me would be work-life balance and that work aspect not even feeling like work, but just making a difference. You know, I think there's I think there's so many different um talents and personalities and in ways for people to give. And I've seen that with our like volunteers. We have amazing writers and all this stuff. And I think Mine is the willingness to be loud and talk about my opinions and not everybody's comfortable with that. Um, And for a while, I kind of thought that was a negative thing about me. And then I think it's, you know, something happens when you hit your 30s and you're like, no, this is who I am, you know, and I'm leaning into it and and using, you know, my loudness and my opinionated self um, to to share this. You know, I think it's, it's, I'm so, I, I just, for that would be winning for me, but I like winning for me also means everyone else is winning too. Like I just want mm. like happiness. I think, you know, when you go through life and you like, I think especially becoming a mom and seeing my kids and like feeling responsible for somebody's well-being, yeah. right? Like you just want everybody to be happy and to be able to be happy in the way that makes them happy. And it's just like that. That's that's winning for me. If I can Amazing. feel that way and help other people feel that way and help their voices be heard and just that 100%. Amazing. Wait until you hit your 40s. You don't give two Fs about anything anymore. I love it. <laughs> it's so liberating. Thank you so much. I Thank loved you. this conversation. I knew it would be gold. I'm so, so grateful that you joined me today. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited that we got to do this. That's a wrap. Please subscribe to the She Who Wins podcast so you'll be the first to know about every new episode that drops. Until next time, and remember, she who moves forward fiercely is she who wins.